have just been to see Her Majesty the Queen, who has invited me to form a government. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. Iran collapsing, Syria collapsing, Yemen collapsing, Libya collapsing, and everything else in turmoil. Nothing to do with us. Hey everyone, welcome to Where We Are with Terrence Siebel. So this is our first episode, and we're going to be giving you guys a little preview of what's to come. So every week I'm going to be breaking down all the top events that went on across the world in the last week, and I'm going to take one story and do a deep dive on the story, explain the whole thing from start to finish. Sometimes I'll get some experts on to explain the nuts and bolts of the story. So without further ado, for our preview episode, we'll be breaking down the Trump impeachment story. This is a complicated story, and for Americans as well, it's really easy to get lost in the mire of things. So let's just start at the beginning. What is impeachment? So impeachment is the charging of someone in the executive branch with a crime. We usually think of it as applying to the president, but actually it could be the president, vice president, or any civil officer of the United States. And importantly, impeachment is just the charging of someone with a crime. So President Trump has been impeached. So this means he was charged with two crimes, but he hasn't been convicted yet. So now it will go to trial in the Senate. Impeachment's actually mentioned a few times in the American Constitution. And probably the line of the Constitution that's been getting the most focus over the past few months is one that goes like this. The president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. So it's these last few words, other high crimes and misdemeanors, where the case against President Trump is largely going to lie. So what exactly does that mean, high crimes and misdemeanors? The words high crimes and misdemeanors refer to abuse of the office of the presidency for personal advantage or to corrupt the electoral process or to subvert the national security of the United States. There's no mystery about the words high crimes and misdemeanors. The word high modifies both crimes and misdemeanors, so they're both high, and high means connected to the office of the presidency, connected to office. That was Noah Feldman, a constitutional scholar who testified to Congress about this stuff. Okay, so high crimes and misdemeanors, according to Professor Feldman, means crimes associated with high office, so an abuse of power. The question then is, did President Trump abuse the office of the presidency to promote his own self-interest over those of the American people? Well, you can decide for yourself. Here's the story of what happened. On July 25th, early in the morning, President Trump had a call with President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine. The call lasted about 30 minutes, and it's these 30 minutes that are the basis for everything that came after, all the scandal, the partisan warfare, everything. So it's really important what was actually said in these 30 minutes. It starts out with congratulations. Um, President Zelensky's party had just won a majority in parliament, so that was the purpose of the call. But then it kind of pivots. This is CNN after the transcript of the call was released. 
Now, after pleasantries were exchanged, President Trump starts off the conversation telling the Ukrainian leader about how much help the U.S. has offered to Ukraine in comparison to European countries. Now, he doesn't specifically mention military aid, but says the U.S. has been, quote, very, very good to Ukraine. So after that exchange about U.S. help to Ukraine, Trump then says, I would like, I would you, like to you to do, to us, do us, us a favor. favor, though, because our country has been through a lot and Ukraine knows a lot about it. I would like you to find out what happened with this whole situation with Ukraine. They say CrowdStrike. I guess you have one of your wealthy people. The server. They say Ukraine has it. There are a lot of things that went on. The whole situation. Okay, I know that didn't make a whole lot of sense. But what President Trump is alluding to here is a debunked conspiracy theory that says that Ukraine and not Russia was responsible for the interference in the 2016 U.S. election. Okay, so then he goes on. He says, there's a lot of talk about Biden and his son, and a lot of people want to find out if Biden stopped the prosecution of a company tied to his son. Okay, so here he's talking about presidential hopeful Joe Biden, possibly a important rival in the 2020 election to President Trump, and Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden sat on the board of an energy company in Ukraine that was investigated for corruption. And all evidence seemed to point to the fact that this company probably was corrupt. But confusingly, they were also being investigated by a totally corrupt prosecutor. So when Joe Biden was vice president, following the will of the rest of the international community, he pressured Ukraine to get rid of that corrupt prosecutor. But the indirect result of getting rid of that prosecutor was actually that the company Hunter Biden was sitting on the board of Ultimately, they weren't charged with corruption at all. The case was dropped against them, even though they probably should have been charged with corruption. So those are the things that President Trump is asking President Zelensky to, quote, look into. He doesn't actually use the word investigation, but he has to, to look into these things. Okay, so the call finishes, and immediately afterwards, two things happen. A bunch of people listening in on the call are really concerned with what they've just heard. So they opt to move the record of the call to this highly, highly classified server that's usually only used for top national security issues, not casual phone calls with world leaders. The other thing that happens is those concerned listeners talk about the call to a bunch of their colleagues. And one person hears the account of the call from several different colleagues and is really concerned that this could be an abuse of power. And this person reports his concerns up the chain of commands. And we now refer to this person as the whistleblower. New developments now in a story with many twists and turns. And it started with a whistleblower's complaint about President Trump's contact with a foreign leader. Ben Tracy has the latest. It doesn't matter what I discuss. But President Trump says he did nothing wrong during a phone call with the president of Ukraine. But I can say that it was a totally appropriate conversation. It was actually a beautiful conversation. But CBS News has learned the president's dealings with Ukraine are part of a federal whistleblower complaint the intelligence community inspector general determined to be an urgent concern. That was the CBS coverage on September 20th. The whistleblower's report lands on the desk of the intelligence community inspector general, and the inspector general sends a letter to Congress informing Congress that this whistleblower complaint exists. So that happened on September 9th, and by September 24th, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, 
opened a formal impeachment inquiry against President Trump. And now another thing that complicates this is while this call was taking place, President Trump had been withholding security aid to Ukraine that Ukraine desperately needed to protect itself against Russia. But when it's revealed that a whistleblower report has been sent to Congress about this phone call, two days after this, the security aid is unfrozen. So that's where the origin of this quid pro quo phrase comes from. Quid pro quo is Latin for this for that. So the allegation is that Trump was intentionally withholding the security aid until the Ukrainians announced these two investigations that he wanted. So it followed that really dramatic announcement on September 24th of the impeachment inquiry was a few weeks of closed-door testimony with witnesses from the State Department and the intelligence community, diplomats involved in Ukraine, things like that, and then a couple of weeks of public hearings of some of the same people. But the Republicans defending Trump have called the impeachment inquiry a hoax and based on hearsay because none of the people actually listening in on that call on July 25th have testified. Ambassador, you weren't on the call, were you? The president, you didn't listen on President Trump's call and President Lindsey's call? I did not. You've never talked with Chief of Staff Mulvaney? I never did. You never met the president? That's correct. This, this is what I can't believe, and you're their star witness. The House tried to bring people with direct knowledge of the call to the witness stand, but President Trump and his administration blocked those witnesses from testifying. In response, House subpoenaed the witnesses, meaning compelled them to appear, but they challenged that order, and now those subpoenas are still working their way through the courts. And without getting those direct witnesses to testify, the House Intelligence Committee made the decision to go ahead with the articles of impeachment. So another thing that's really important to understand in all this is the kind of reverence that the American people have for the idea of the leader of the United States being democratically elected. So there's been a lot of talk in this whole debacle about impeachment undoing the results of a democratic election. And people will say that in order to reverse the results of an election, you have to have a really, really compelling case for doing so. The evidence needs to be totally unequivocal, and you need to proceed the case really carefully, really deliberately. So that kind of mindset is really important to understand. Just even people that totally hate President Trump, the idea of reversing the results of a democratic election in this way by removing a president from office through Congress is really scary to a lot of American people, even those that are against President Trump. All right, so that's our preview. Tune in January 6th for the first official episode of Where We Are with Taryn Siegel. And we'll be revisiting this impeachment story again as the story develops in the new year. See you guys then.